0: Welcome to episode 35 of Backing Paper and you can tell it's earlier in the day that we're recording this because I'm not asleep yet but by the end of the show who knows I just might be but if I do start to snooze off like our good friend Andre Dominguez tends to do in the middle of his podcast rest assured that the wonderful Rachel is here to wake me up. Rachel how are you my dear?
1: I'm good. I'm the backup on backing paper, <laughs> so I'll make sure that we keep on we keep on going. We got we got emails to get through. We've got stuff to uh, chat about, um, and yeah, it's lovely to be back um, as well. It sounds like you've had quite a busy day. You've been developing, which is good.
0: Yeah, I developed one whole roll of film. I was a bit disappointed. I'd hoped Ooh. to develop two whole rolls of film, um, but then I realised I I'd lost part of my developing tank, so I had to use a smaller one. Oh. Um, I
1: don't know how you've lost part of a developing tank. Like for me, you go okay. I load up a developing tank, literally in a black bag or in the dark room. Like, there's, where can some stuff inside a developing tank go? And then it gets washed, and then it goes back into the tank. <laughs> it's not like you take it out on a walk. I don't suppose, unless you do, maybe you do.
0: <laughs> Rachel, you have known me for how long now? I can't yeah, believe you are even questioning my ability to lose <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'm just
1: thinking, where's it gone? Like, how yeah. could it have left the room? But anyway, okay.
0: <laughs> it's all good. Um, it was quite nice, actually, because I couldn't... It was a roll of portrait 800, because I'm trying to get through my Ooh. colour stuff. Um, not that I've actually got much black and white stuff, but I was trying to get through my was colour stuff. Is that the roll I gave you? No, this uh, is all roll. fresh? Oh, okay. no. Uh, this is a roll from a while ago, so I actually looked at the pictures. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think these were taken all in one go at a family event about a year ago. So, you know, oh, they're right. done at last, so that was mm-hmm. fun. That's um, great. Yeah, so yes, I'm just trying to, because I've had that C41 kit for a few weeks now and it's because it's been in the shed it's been getting a bit warm so I don't want to leave it hanging around too long So I've tro- I think I've got another three rolls of film sat waiting to be done um, mm. and then I, I'm getting close, this is quite startling I'm getting close to both being at film developing zero, almost mm. but also we went out today... I thought, okay, I'll grab a camera with some film in, just grab it and take it with me. I haven't got many cameras with film in, Can...
1: I mean, that, that is a shock. That I really know. is. I mean, for our other listeners who've maybe not been listening as long, that is not a usual state of affairs, is it? I mean, pretty much all of the cameras, the sixty-five plus, I don't know, cameras that you own. All happen to have like three, <laughs> three <laughs> frames shot.
0: <laughs> yeah. It did Am get I exaggerating? Quite, I'm probably
1: exaggerating.
0: A, so. a little bit, but it did get quite bad for a while. There were there were quite a lot of cameras with part shot rolls of filming. Um, and there are still, let's say, a handful. Um, of, still a lot better. Uh, well, yeah. And, and the thing is that the ones that have got film left in now, they tend to be kind of the more obscure bits and bobs. So I've got a sort of folding camera with... Mm. Um, it's a 120 camera, and I think it's a six by seven, and that's got 35mm film in it. So, I'm like, okay, I need to finish doing whatever I thought I was going to so do with that. You're shooting the
1: sprockets with that.
0: That was definitely the plan four years ago, or whenever it was. I loaded four the years film. ago. It probably was at least three years ago, actually, um, and a few other bits. And there was like, so I've got my Fed, which uh, I thought, oh, I'll grab that. I want to finish that roll of film but mm. that had I think one shot left on it and uh, that was okay well that's not oh, that's not sensible so I good actually, way to
1: cover a day out
0: yeah um, so in the end I grabbed the Bronica. I thought okay I've got a oh, nice. couple of backs on this and, I thought, and they both got filming one with HP5 mm-hmm. and one with Portra so we went out we went with the plan of visiting this um, local stately home garden thing but that ended up being closed so instead we went and had a cup of tea and a piece of cake and went for a walk along the river Yay. and I did it at sounds least sounds like my kind of day out yeah I did at least finish the role of hp5 so i am whittling down I'm, I'm actually able to start making some choices about what film to put cameras in going forwards is very exciting
1: ace that's very exciting it really is wow <laughs> a whole change of state of affairs there.
0: yeah oh, absolutely absolutely, absolutely.
1: Awesome. well um i realized that you will have to be heading out um tonight so should we get on with the rest of backing paper let's uh let's cut through this lovely bag of email shall we
0: I think that's a fantastic idea Rach do you want to take this first one then seeing as you have led us on into it
1: okay so this first one's from David is it Vival do you think um, David?
0: I David You know, we discussed David's name a lot in the early days of the podcast because I know David was a, an early um, an early person who came into us with, and I've never been 100% certain. Well, I'm um, very
1: sorry if I have mispronounced that, David. We'll why call we'll, you just David. Yeah, David. The wonderful we'll
0: David. All, yes, the to wonderful us, all, David. All the way from Canada. Go for it. Oh.
1: <laughs> that is mentioned. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, hello, Sunnies. Uh, long-time listener from Canada here. Love the show. You've ruined me for all other film podcasts. (laughs) I love that. You folks do a really good job of interviewing your guests, which really sets you apart from others I've tried to listen to. You actually let the guests speak, which is fantastic. I also really love when Graham gets obnoxious with the guests. (laughs) Keep it up. I don't think that that's in any. He's in any danger, danger of, of stopping that.
0: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know it. what, what do you oh, mean. Really? Um, I I think clearly, David is uh, backlogged with podcasts because I'm these days. I'm nothing but polite and lovely. And also <laughs> these days, there are, yeah, there's a lot of good podcasts out there doing some great interview stuff. So I mean, clearly, it's um, <laughs> yeah. the old. Maybe podcast. it's early days. Yeah,
1: early days. Um, he says I do have to correct one thing that Graham keeps bringing up, and that's dynamic range. I believe Graham is confusing dynamic range and exposure latitude. To be fair, just from a yeah, comment from Rachel here. Um I don't think it's just you that that potentially confuses these two Graham. So um yeah, all of us at some point uh, have mentioned this. Uh David anyway goes on to give us a, a nice sort of breakdown. Uh he said dynamic range is the ability of film to reproduce tones from light to dark. Most films have dynamic range somewhere in the 10-stop range from pure white to pure black. Think Ansel Adams and the zone system. Slide film has traditionally had a higher dynamic range than negative film. Now, exposure latitude is the ability to over or underexpose film and still get good results. Slide film has a notoriously small latitude. Usually your exposure has to be within a third of a stop, over or under, for good results. Negative film usually has wide exposure latitude especially for overexposure. Some people have reported you overexposing certain films without blowing out the highlights. Apparently Ilford Delta films have a slightly lower exposure latitude and it's easy to blow out the highlights with overexposure. Anyway that's my rant. Don't get this grumpy curmudgeon started by referring uh, to 120 format as 120 millimeter <laughs> i'll lose my p- t- if you do <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i don't think we've ever done that one so that's okay um is it anyway you folks are terrific and i love the show have a good summer David in canada not canadia graham in brackets (laughs) now listen
0: I am more than happy and actually very grateful for David's description of the difference between dynamic range and um, exposure latitude because I freely admit I am very much guilty of using those with uh, interchangeable and they do not mean the same thing Um, but we all know that Canadian is the correct way to pronounce that word
1: okay fine but yes thank you very much David and uh, you know it's it's that's what we're here for isn't it it's always good to learn or refresh our, our you know memories on things and generally to kind of just you know share knowledge of of what is is you know the way that we look at things and what isn't so that's all good
0: yeah absolutely and it's and his description was really useful and really helpful actually very useful. And, and it's interesting what he was saying about um the delta film because I, I know mm. that i've started thinking when i I mean i very rarely shoot delta apart from 3200 but i haven't um, mm. but i did think actually next time i do shoot some i am going to approach that more like it's a slide film um, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that limited latitude, rather than like I would treat um, HP5 mm. or FP4. Mm. Where frankly, especially with HP5, you think, well, just yeah. throw it yeah. or whatever, and it will, it yeah. will, it will be good. It's um, they do need a different approach, and that's not a bad thing. You get mm. different things from it, but um, but I think in the past when I've tried using um, Delta and and obviously with slide film as well, and not adjusted my approach. You get slightly disappointing results. There's no two ways about it. So
1: you have found that okay, because I've not actually shot deltas 35mm or medium format. I have shot it as large format actually, mm. um, and and I hadn't noticed um, an issue with it. But maybe you know it may have been luck. <laughs> Who knows? It may have just been luck that it, it actually worked out okay.
0: Well, um, mind you, if you were shooting slide, um, sorry, if you were shooting large format, Rach, you were probably taking more care with your metering. Anyway, yeah. as a matter of yeah. course, as compared to like when you're out with your frankasolider.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't actually shot um, in. Yeah, like any of my normal handheld cameras. I suppose is what I'd say. Um, I usually stick with a, a FP4 or HP5 plus. To be honest, um, because yeah, it does have that wide exposure latitude. So especially if you are you know wanting to overexpose a little, it gives you that wiggle room, doesn't it?
0: So that's yeah. Hard. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've got some Delta 100, some expired Delta 100 to try shooting large format at some point, but I'm kind of... I, I'm i practising on the cheaper FOMA at the moment, uh, yeah. when I get a chance to, anyway. OK, the next email is from Bill Thu, uh, titled Development Aid. And he writes <laughs> in... Dear Sunbeams, a warm gooday from a wintry Sydney. It is the eternal prerogative of the enthusiastic novice to preach the words... And the words are home development. <laughs> I have started home developing in the last couple of months and despite having left feet for hands, oh, sorry, despite having two left feet for <laughs> hands, that's unfortunate. You want to s- sue that surgeon? I have still produced both black and white and colour negatives with a dark bag, stainless steel spirals and a variety of developers and a tiny apartment laundry. I am so pleased I have taken the chemical plunge. I can just about cut the umbilical cord to the lab. That's not to say I haven't pucked fup. After all, I'm more Graham than Rachel. But (laughs) my successful output far exceeds the catastrophes. Of course, being able to develop film at home is not news. I might as well have written, did you know that it's possible to make images with a camera? (laughs) But as a very long-time listener, I can remember Jeremy's conversations with aid before Rachel joined the band about home developing and taking control of decisions like how your negatives are scanned. I would therefore like to enact an intervention to encourage aid to give it a try. Aid, it is far easier than you think. If I can do it, truly anyone can. Please give it a go. Before I finish, can I please shout at Mike and Andre at the Negative Positives podcast and Facebook group as they mm. pointed me to you many moons ago. Your loyal listener, Bill Thu, who's on Instagram at Bill Thu, which is T-H-O-O, and at Analog Nights, spelt the wrong way for analogue. Um, thank you very <laughs> spelt much. Spelt the American way. Yeah, the American <laughs> way, yeah. Um, thank you very much, Bill. And we will Bill, th- so, so nice to hear
1: from you. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love Bill, and I, again, I suspect this is probably to do with the um, time difference between us and Sydney because our podcasts tend to get posted, uh, well, 12 o'clock at night or later yeah. <laughs> for some weird reason, don't know why that is. And Bill is always one of the first people to like or comment on it. So thank you, Bill. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the thing with the the getting aid to have a go at home development, it's I don't think it's so much... He doesn't think he'll be capable of doing it. I just don't think he fancies wants having a go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it. I think you're right, Graham. I think it is definitely from conversations we've had. He's just like, why would I do it if I can delegate it to somebody else who can definitely do a good job mm. as well? You know, I think. I think that's that's kind of Aid's approach with a lot of things as well, isn't it? It's kind of. His pleasure is in the in the taking of the image of the actually going out with the camera and taking the image as opposed to he, he doesn't sort of um, revel or enjoy that post-production aspect of it, which obviously a lot of us do. Mm. Um, but, for example, you know, for myself, I I really hate the scanning part. I really do not enjoy that. I always mess it up. I can never quite get it right. And then it, it ends up at the point where I'm like, oh my God, it's just taking up a lot of my time <laughs> and I'm not seeing any benefits from it. Um, so, that, uh, but then I also go, hmm, what budget do I have? Do I have the budget to delegate this to somebody else? And then I go, no, I don't really. <laughs> I'll just have to use my own um, inexpensive time <laughs> uh, to do it. Um, but, you know, if, if I could, I would love to just sort of send it off and get it scanned. So I kind of think, Sometimes, from Aid's perspective, he sees the development part in a similar way. What do you think, Graham? Am yeah, I fair with that. No,
0: no, I think that's completely right, Rach. And you know, and that's the thing. Everyone, everyone has their different motivations for doing stuff. For me, the biggest advantage uh, of doing home development is the fact that I can just do it myself when I have the time and when I remember, mm-hmm. because getting something posted somewhere or calling in someone to drop something off. It's actually far more of a hassle for me because I hate dealing yeah. with stuff like that far more. Um, you hate people. <laughs> it's not so much that I'm just chronically disorganized, which will not uh. surprise anybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really enjoy it. What, I mean, I think, you know, these assignments, they're going to give us mm-hmm. a really good means of bullying mm-hmm. aid and doing some stuff. And that's true. And we are hoping in future assignments to get, sometimes get the three of us together and you know I've got this whole dark shed here so I think I think we're gonna get a to have a go at developing some film Pr- probably whether he under wants con- to or not or whether he wants to <laughs> or not but probably under the controlled um the controlled situation of bringing him here and getting him to do it um so he can try it out. Uh, I've got electricity in a,
1: in a controlled environment
0: yeah exactly that's what <laughs> it <Okay>. is <laughs> everywhere yeah. where I am is a controlled environment um, mm. but thank you very much for the email Bill that was fantastic yes. and of course we'll always shout out to Mike and Andre they are fabulous <laughs> doing wonderful work um, over at the negative positive podcast with their round and their snoring and um, all of the fun things that goes on there uh, <laughs> um, do you want to take this next one this next shorty from JM Golding
1: Yes, I shall. Um, so, J.M. has written in uh, to you, says, Hey, Graham, thank you for plugging 127 in your conversation with Hannah Brown, uh, who's from Lomography. Obviously, you attached that on the end of the show, didn't you?
0: I did, yes. Lovely.
1: Um, she says, It would be very cool if Lomography made some of their films, including the more unusual ones, in 127 format. I'm crossing my fingers and there's a big smiley face there as well. Uh thanks again and good light to you from JM. Thank you so much JM. Yeah, um, thank you. Obviously hopefully they will listen to this and the message shall be passed on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I'm I I am hopeful. I am hopeful. Cuz I mean given the fact that 110 You've got things
1: like 110 in slide film you know yeah. um, which Paul was talking about you know it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility I think
0: no and and as with everything the the problem is setup costs because mm. nothing is free so whilst whilst all we're yeah. talking about is oh they all they need to do is cut the film down yeah okay and then they also need to make The spools to fit it, and then they also need to make the backing paper. The backing paper to fit fit it, it. and and none Mm. of these things are insurmountable, but they are all quite expensive things Mm. to do in the first place, Mm. and Mm. um, and then they need to see that there's a market out there to make it worthwhile. Mm. Uh, I don't quite. I'd be interested to know what was the gateway for them getting into one ten film because there must have been something yeah. there must have been something that made that an easy first step um, maybe 110 film is I don't know yeah you know, that's got plenty of production costs associated with it as well mm. who knows but um,
1: yeah well
0: good just, point though definitely yeah.
1: it's always um, good to, it's always good to ask if you don't ask you don't get it's a nice one to uh, to mention
0: yeah absolutely and, and also don't I think none of us should ever assume that you know, Lumography know that there is any demand out there for things, so if you've got 110 cameras, if you would like to see more 110 film, you yeah, know, just drop them a line saying hey, you know, listen to stuff we'd love to see some 110 you film mean? Uh, what did I say? 110 Oh, yeah, well, you know what? Imagine I said the right (laughs) words. Let LaMocri know that you would like them, and the more more sign that there is that there is a demand for it, um, the more chance there is we'll get it back. And and I do think that of all the extinct film formats, or most extinct film formats, 127 feels like it's the easiest one to bring back. Um, Mm. You know, it doesn't require... Anything special like one two six film does in the way of packaging um, and and presenting?
1: Or six twelve or six one six or any of those other old old ones?
0: Yeah, the, the, some of the weird. Yeah, the um, mm. what was it one eighteen and one? Yeah, there were some there were some weird ones from. It was um, one
1: eighteen? I didn't know that. I, mm. I think
0: there were, there were, I I, can't, I may be getting it wrong, but there were some weird spool sizes um, that are out there, um, mm. and an APS film nobody. Nobody <laughs> wants that, and that never needs to come back. So, um,
1: anyway, okay. Cross fingers uh, for after,
0: 127.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so JM, send Lomography an email. Let them know. Let yep. them know that you heard the interview with Hannah and that um, thinking about the their new film, Metropolis, that's been launched, it's um, it's made you go, ooh, this would be lovely. If they could make some in 127. You never know. You never saying.
0: know. Um, OK, last email of the week, and this one is from Christian Strauff, who you met a few weeks ago, didn't you, Rach?
1: I did. I met a lovely Christian at the Film Wasters photo walk in London. I just shared that actually this week. I think I sent over the link to yourself and aid, and I um, shared it in the Awesome Female Photographers uh, Facebook group, uh, basically saying, obviously, I don't really share much of my personal work because we were talking about this, weren't we, recently – and, you know, actually sharing personal work and, and that we should do more of it. And I was actually listening back to previous uh, episodes that we'd done. And, and I was thinking, you know, it's it's time for me to walk the walk, shall we say, as opposed to just talk the talk. And, mm-hmm. and um, so I I was brave and I realised that it had actually been sitting on my hard drive for five weeks um, and through fear i had not shared it with anybody and i thought well this is kind of ridiculous isn't it really uh-huh. <laughs> so so yeah so i shared it in the group and had some really really lovely comments um a big part of obviously sharing your work and the fear behind it i think is that unsolicited um advice or criticism or uh-huh. critique or whatever um I absolutely have no problem at all if if you're asking for you know that um but my issue generally is like that. one of the big things that stops people sharing their work and being more open with it is because if it's unsolicited therefore it's not asked for it's like sometimes you just want to be able to share stuff without there being a lot of comments back you know Mm. um so i thought okay well a good place to do it is somewhere safe so it was sending it to yourself it was sending it to aid because i knew that you'd give me you know um it wouldn't have to be feedback it would just be like that's great thanks for sending it over and we'll look at it and you actually had some really nice things to say which is lovely um and the same with the with the group that's the reason i set it up is to give this slightly safer space you know um and i thought you know what actually maybe it's worth sharing a little bit wider it wasn't you know kind of like everywhere i posted everywhere or anything but i put it on my instagram feed and i put it on uh, my facebook page and and i just thought yeah okay it's out there and i've done it and you know yay so um so yeah um and it was because you know of of people like christian and people like yourself and and what have you because it's just nice to know that maybe people do want to look at stuff (laughs) that you create i don't know yeah
0: so yeah, no. I'm. I'm just really... things I've been pondering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you did share it. The thing is that whenever you do choose to share your work, you are a very good photographer, and you don't share enough of your work. So it's very easy for people to perhaps think, "Oh yeah, Rachel," as you said, she walks, she talks the talk, but does she walk the walk?" You do, and the, the pictures that you shared were great. There were some really lovely images in there, uh and whilst I completely understand what you're saying about not wishing to share because of the fact that there are people out there who and we we all know them, we've all come across them, who are incapable of not proffering their sage advice and opinion, whether you ask for it or not. Um but I think you just have to completely ignore that. I think you just have to believe in yourself, believe that you're happy with what you've done and you've achieved what you wanted to and there's there's nothing that they can say that can change that. They can say, Oh, I hate it, I don't like this, I don't like that. That's fine. I yeah. do <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah. And, and just you don't have to engage with that stuff um, yeah. yeah because it's unavoidable it, and yes you're, yeah. you're right you're right absolutely and it, it's a real shame not just for yourself but for anybody who doesn't share work or shares less of their work um, because they are concerned that they'll get people making negative comments or whatever it may be um, it that's always likely to happen. You know, we. Yeah. we I think we, the
1: thing is, it's it's not it's not about going. Oh, all the comments need to be a positive comment. You know, and, mm. and I think that's maybe sometimes where the mis um, misunderstanding comes in. Mm. That it's not about wanting that. It's not about um, you know that like fishing for compliments thing. It's it's um, it's about that's totally fine if you if you you know if it's not for you and if it's not you know if it, if it doesn't work for you then just don't say anything i guess you know yeah. it's more that uh, as opposed to um offering other thoughts or advice on stuff that actually somebody's not asked for you know if you've got something positive to say great um that's not being asked for in the same way as negative stuff's not being asked for so if you if you have nothing nice to say maybe don't say it yeah I think <laughs> in that's... an ideal world eh? in an ideal world no, it's, uh, but like you say these things you know it's the way it goes isn't it
0: yeah and, and i think that's a perfectly reasonable point to make anybody who says well you know if if you want to, if people are making good comments it's, you know you you have to expect people to make negative comments but you you don't as you said if you're not asking for people's advice or criticism um and, and i'd like to say oh these people aren't out walking down the street commenting on to people's faces, oh, I don't like the way you're dressed today. Oh, the thing mm. you're doing it. Um, but probably so there are some people out there who are doing that, and you can't, yeah. you you can't, um, control for, this. <laughs> no, no, um, absolutely. But um, absolutely. yeah, you know, share well, there's your a really,
1: work. you know, like a little um, uh, shorthand for asking, you know, critique. Welcome is CC, isn't it? Right. So, uh, also obviously stands for Creative Commons. So you need to check the reference as to whether they're actually meaning critique welcome um or creative commons license being used um but yeah so you know if you see an image and somebody or somebody sharing or posting something and they've put cc it's usually like criticism welcome as well so that's a, a nice little one to kind of like think about as well and go oh, okay yeah i've got some thoughts on this ways they can improve or things that i you know i'm bringing to it or it's like do you prefer the black and white version or the color version you know those kinds of stuff so um, and I think that's there's something really valuable with that as well, yeah. Um, because you know that can that can really help. That can be a really positive experience in a way for us to learn as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent, haven't we? Just Sorry a about bit, that. But just yes. a little bit. Let's pull it back. <laughs> it was back lovely to... to hear the email from Christian. <laughs> Sorry. Go on.
0: You say, you say it's lovely to hear the email from Christian. But we haven't got to the email from Christian yet. That's so true. I've read <laughs> it. <though. laughs> Christian oh. writes in eventually. Dear Sunny's. Thank you very much for the wonderful episode 160. It was an absolute delight to listen to you talking to Karis and Marvin. Is that how you pronounce that, Rach? Marvin. Marvin. Okay, i sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You guys were a perfect match. You could hear the nice chemistry between you four. And see, I wasn't there ruining it. <laughs> That's one of those good <laughs> chemistry. And the episode gave so many interesting insights into the state of film photography now and then. I read the German issue of Photo Classic regularly and it's an absolute joy in terms of written as well as image content. Hearing that the international issue is completely different makes me curious and it's very likely that I'll end up buying both the German <laughs> and the international issue. One thing keeps striking me repeatedly and you addressed it in this episode too. The lack of new film cameras on the market. It's a recurring theme and it's one of my biggest worries. We don't lack emulsions or other film-related products, but we rely on gear that isn't getting any younger. Most new cameras are are of the type that either doesn't need a shutter, i.e. pinhole, or doesn't come with one, large format, which requires a lens that comes with a shutter built in. I like the fact that Graham asked Hannah of Lomography whether or not they are looking into making an actual 35mm camera. Mm. I appreciate that you point the community and the manufacturers to the fact that new cameras will eventually have to appear on the market to help film photography to survive. Now, to you, Graham. (laughs) What's that constant chatter about C41 and colour film and taking photos of bearded men on motorbikes? (laughs) There's been quite a lot of that on my Instagram feed lately. You need to get over your colour phase (laughs) and go back to Fomapan and develop it in... Caffanol, of course. I challenge you to make the transition from bearded bikers to bearded myopic tall guys with the self-portrait <laughs> what assignment. about. I have no <laughs> idea. And I challenge you to do it with Fomapan, which you develop in caffeinol And if you need someone to hold your hand while doing it, I offer my help, even if it's virtually over the internet. I see it as my duty to the caffeinol community to introduce... Or force you to try this alternative process, which coincidentally helps annihilating cheap instant coffee. And also talk about your experiences so that more people get to know it. You'll not only be doing the caffeine enthusiasts a favour by spreading the world. You'll be helping out the coffee drinking world as well by getting rid of the cheap stuff. (laughs) As always, love your work, love your show. Greetings from Germany, your hopeless caffernal enthusiast, Christian. P.S. Hang on. Are you bearded right now? Ah, never mind. Either grow a beard or strike bearded. In either case, the challenge stands. (laughs) There's no getting out of it. Um addressing that last part i mean i'm basically always in a state of (laughs) semi-beard semi-beard yeah i mean (laughs) i kind of i shave with a beard trimmer once every three to four weeks and (laughs) when it it gets too frustrating so i'm kind of mid-beard at the moment i guess um i never consider myself as having a beard despite the fact that clearly i frequently have a beard but it's always stubble (laughs) in my mind (laughs) it's always a temporary thing uh, I really oh. enjoyed your conversation last week, Reggie. It was very nice listening to you chatting to uh, Karis and Mark. Yeah.
1: yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, we learnt loads and it was, it uh, like Christian said, it was just a really lovely chat. It was a great chance for us to talk to um, people who are, you know, publishing work in the analogue photography community, which is fabulous. Um, and to hear about all the sorts of other things that they do as well was, was great. Um, and yeah, excellent Christian. If you, Cause obviously, you know, you can speak German, read German, etc Then, um, because they have the two very different magazines, it gives you double whammy, doesn't it? Uh, double the case for, for purchasing those because you'll get two very different, um, kinds of magazines to enjoy, um, all, all around analog, which is awesome. Um, and you can find Christian actually on Instagram. He is at C underscore S T R one. I think that was my fault. Actually, I was like Christian. Are you on Instagram? He was like, nope. So he set one up.
0: <laughs> so well, I he's think that's my good fault. and active on there now. Yeah, I see his work quite a lot on there, so that's fantastic. Yeah. And um, he also sent me. Yeah, sorry. Go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I we all cross our fingers that one of the players, one of the larger players. In the film photography community, is going to make a move on mm-hmm. producing a new camera, be it thirty-five mil or medium format, but something, something which you know will expand the options for people and mean that we can buy new hardware. I mean, we were talking earlier about the expense just in bringing one two seven film back. Yeah, <laughs> the the well, relative that's cost. Just
1: a single emulsion, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, relative costs. <laughs>
0: And we know from our conversations in the past with Bellamy that with cameras, it can be even... I mean, it's a minefield because mm. d- depending on how complex you want to make it, you know, a lot of mm. things, there's patents, there's all that kind of stuff that you have to deal with. It is is—it is not an easy thing to do. It is going to require a lot of investment. And um, people need to see a way to recoup that investment and have the confidence that they can. Um, no one's just going to throw money at it on it on goodwill. But... Um, uh, there's been a lot of positive things over the last few yeah. years. Um, um,
1: I mean, can I ask a quick question? I don't know if there's any information on this or if you know any more about it, but d- um, was anything happening with Reflex or, or, or you don't know? Um, and we'll I see. don't know, obviously yeah. They, they've been looking at, obviously, of course, the initial aim was to bring a 35mm SLR camera to market. So, you know, um, maybe maybe there's still things happening you know below ground with that
0: perhaps Uh, i i'm sure reflex is still Mm. progressing i think they they have gone pretty dark at the moment i did see something getting something pop up recently i think they got in touch with kodak what i think that might be purely just a, a tentative you know reaching out to who knows but um i i do believe we will see the reflex camera at some point mm-hmm, the lab mm-hmm. box has hit people's um doorsteps yeah. now people get and you know, and, and that was a lot later than they hoped but it's here and people seem very happy exactly. with it uh and you know things just take longer than is anticipated Good things
1: come to those who wait right and all that exactly so
0: exactly let's
1: uh let's keep it based on that um and uh yeah in terms of your cathinol adventures graham what do you think christian's challenge there a great idea. Or advice
0: support uh forcing me to i think it's a great idea yeah. <laughs> i have got all the stuff to do cathinol and i just haven't Yay. had the time to but maybe maybe the self-portrait thing because uh, i've got my i've got my foma i've got my large format yeah. camera uh i've got yeah. maybe maybe this is the thing uh, i i'm not going to say definitely i'm going to do that there's a sure. reasonable chance i i might do that i think that'd be fun wow. so watch we'll this space
1: fingers arms legs crossed for that then right eyes across everything (laughs) um that Uh,
0: does it for the emails this week but we've got a couple of things we want to talk about Rach, actually following on from christian's email um do you want to tell us about the thing he got in touch with you about
1: that's right yes um i don't have very much to say about it at the moment but christian uh had messaged me to say that he's bringing out his first zine which is very exciting And it's called A Glimpse of Helsinki. So it's going to be coming soon. I don't know any of the details at this point as to how he's going to be selling it or what have you. But I believe there will be a print version and potentially a digital version as well. So, um, yeah, exciting stuff. We will keep you posted on that.
0: Yes. And going on from a uh, in-production and hopefully future um, hard copy zine to one that is already very much elica. Yeah, yeah, that's how realistic. This that, is something nice. that unexpectedly plopped onto my doormat this week, uh, and this is from Carl Bailey. This is a beautiful little photo book um, with a very evocative title, which I really love. Actually, uh, all of a sudden, I miss everyone. And uh, oh. Carl included a little a picture with a short note, which I'll read out and bang the microphone. It says, "Hey, love your podcast, and wanted to send you a copy of my new self published book." It reflects on time back in England and was a project that came to fruition after moving to China. Hope you enjoy Carl. And Carl is at Carl Bailey. So that's K A R L B A I B A I L E Y. Boy, what happened there? Um, On Instagram. And this book is lovely. It, it is just photos, um, with the exception of the title, which I think the title does such a good job of sort of summing up what this book is about. Um, and it's all colour. Uh, and it's just pictures, uh, all sorts of random pictures of shop fronts. Um, there's an amusement park here, um, road size. Just, it's... Are they in
1: Britain or are they in all, China? They're all in
0: Britain, yeah. Okay. Um, loads of... It's lovely. I, what I love about this book is... It really makes use of colour. Carl's got a great eye. Um, th- I think the best thing I can say about this book, the, the highest praise I can pay is, um, I, I'm lucky enough to see quite a lot of zines and photo books that people are kind enough to send us. And I share all of them. I show them all to Sinead. And you know, she likes some of them. She's less keen on others. You know, She has a taste. She loved this one. This one, I think, is a, her favourite. But um, she loves colour work. But the work is really evocative I'd love to know whereabouts um, a lot of these pictures were taken but yeah they're just they're very simple but they're really evocative and the use of colour mm. um, is fantastic so I will um, I will make sure rates so when we next hook up um, yeah. I'll bring this up with you but yeah this one has um, I love the, there's a picture it's a pub it's a very brutalist looking pub um, on the corner mm. of the street somewhere <laughs> and the pub's called sirloin of Beef um, <laughs> it's pretty great <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> that's yep. amazing
1: I love a good dad joke that is so good
0: yeah <laughs> it's
1: a line of beef I'm sorry that's a really bad laugh of me I do have a <laughs> bit of a cackle sometimes and I have had a beer so apologies for that oh Carl I love it I love it so much already yeah that's amazing um, I wasn't it, expecting the pub to be called that yeah um, it's great quite- it's, it's very is British. Is there much text in it as well, or none, is it all there's, there's
0: none at all. It's all just. Okay. I mean, it looks as though uh, I don't know where it was taken. There's a few sort of coastal pictures. So I don't know if it's somewhere like Blackpool or, mm-hmm. um, okay. or maybe, but some sort of. But it has. It is a photo book of kind of faded Britain. You're the mm-hmm. slightly worn, raggedy end of British uh, life. Is it coastal? General. Some of it's coastal, but no, I mean it's just I mean there might be coastal times it's hard to say, but it just yeah. like, w- worn out shots, old feeling, it's great, it's very evocative. I really like it. Um check out Carl Bailey on Instagram, see if you can get hold of a copy of it. Um it's well worth it. And he's over in China now, so we're probably not gonna see anything else quite like it out of him soon, but thank you so much for sending that car. Um I really, really love that. So that's well, a lovely thing to have turn up by surprise. Um
1: fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Aww, that's lovely. So, um, is that it? Can we wrap up the show and uh Oh, and you, you,
0: you wish. You wish, Rach. But uh. your your favourite part of the show is here. The favourite, <laughs> uh, which is, of course, saying thank you to the wonderful people who support us on Coffee.
1: Without... I realise that made it sound like I didn't want to say thank you to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the case at all. I hope you all know me well enough by now to know that that's not the case. No,
0: it's just your dread of what you know is coming, Rach. Yes, is it? that is true. Um, we have got a few new people to say thank you to. First of all, um, the first one is an anonymous donor. Of course, we know who the anonymous donor is, but anybody who asked to remain anonymous, we respect mm-hmm. it. But um, thank you very much. It is hugely appreciated. And and the message with that was, keep up the great guys. You fill my dark room with noise.
1: <laughs> Keep up um, the great
0: guys. Keep up the great. So keep up the great guys. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. You fill my dark room with noise. And my only suggestion would be <laughs> that maybe if you saved the money you donated to us and just bought yourself a noisy extractor fan, you might actually get better results. <laughs> from uh, um,
1: yeah, I think probably better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The second new donor this week is um, Andy Duncan. You can find Andy Duncan. He's on Instagram at uh, a. Andy Duncan all one word um and he's got just lovely lovely shots from his travels there's some beautiful pictures from him. he's been um I think he's a, a, a British gentleman as it's you know one respect with good British name like Andy Duncan um but his pictures of his travels just you think he shoots a mixture of film and digital but the important thing is there's just some nice pictures there nice pictures taken from all over the place um which I really like um and I think and I'm not sure whether Christian has um We'll leave Christian because, you know, I think Christian's donated before, so he he got Christian. Which is a good lead-on, actually, Rach, um, to Mm. our recurring donors. Um,
1: Indeed. Okay. Here we go, guys.
0: Here we go. (laughs) Go.
1: To be fair, I really, really enjoyed the way that Paul did these last time. So I just say I wish I could just delegate these to Paul every (laughs) week. So, um, yeah, it was so good. He was dead good. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Psyching myself up. Ben Mills.
0: Ben Mills. Now, see, I think Ben might actually be a new donor, but he did put on his comments... I was
1: going to say, I've not heard his name before. Oh, well, you
0: you, you you will recognise it. He said, okay. do your worst. Oh, pff, I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> that's that's weird. Uh, um, but, you know, I assume he meant best and, uh, with regards to our team of researchers. Um, Ben's Twitter handle, often mistakenly pronounced as Hip Shoot Film, see, you will know that, Rach, Uh, Mm -hmm. actually comes from the title of the documentary made about the rare medical condition that he suffers from. Um, Unfortunately, as his age has uh, increased, his joints have got increasingly creaky to an extraordinary length, to the point where some of them actually have started to sound a bit like animal and bird noises. Um, (laughs) uh, Hence the aforementioned documentary, Hips Hoot Film. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it. Also, <laughs> I should say a massive thank you to Ben because he bought one of my Analog Adventure kits early on as well, which was lovely. So, um, yeah, he, he's a super nice guy. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually read his name out as part of the coffee donations before. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, thanks so much, Ben. Yeah, that's we awesome. all know him on okay. Twitter
0: as <laughs> Hips Hoot Film. Uh,
1: H- Hips Hoot. <laughs> I'm not sure if the Hips
0: Hoot Film is on uh, on Netflix or not, but look for it. All right. Uh, John Whitmore. Uh, John you know, he donated so that we, we could save up for um, a pink Movo dead cat. So we well, there's a lot of um, feedback following our episode we did up oh, in the dark. And-
1: yes with and our eric. beautiful instagram posts as well of course yes that, um matthew Joseph
0: together thank you it. so much yeah <sighs> leaving matthew in charge of instagram with hindsight might have been a mistake but there you go i made it i'll live with it come back soon eric please come back soon. please um <laughs> uh, and we the one that him. the one that john's recommended is um i think it would get us into even more trouble anyway um John's dark shed has proven to be a massively successful move, more so than his first attempt at creating a printing space, which was his ill-fated dark greenhouse. Uh, However, (laughs) whilst his prints have gone from strength to strength in his dark shed, uh, his petunia growing efforts are nowhere near as good. Petunia. Petunia. Yeah, the
1: plant. Mm. Yeah, the
0: flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try going that in a dark shed. You just suddenly. (laughs) go carry on i want to hear where you were going with your thought petunia
1: no 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 i was just like yeah that's that's a woman's name yeah i was just thinking <laughs> of harry potter um <laughs> that was all rather than the plant and i was like confused as to why you were growing aunt petunias in the dark greenhouse. this has all got very weird anyway thank you very much john okay uh moving on david allen
0: david allen is currently looking... lost you, you no still no no I, I mean well yes and no <laughs> <laughs> David Allen is currently looking into the next Danger Boys project, and the plan is for another (gasps) 4x5 print, this time of the Eiffel Tower, developed and printed, of course, at the same time, but whilst free-falling from 12,000 feet above Paris. (laughs) Uh, Suffice to say, this was Simon's idea. That sounds about right. Yeah. Jeremy North. This is a fact, you know, that um, Jeremy North is a keen cyclist and he's currently following the Tour de France in the beautiful French mountains. I can't remember which French mountains, but he's in some beautiful French mountains. Um, this is a true fact. This is a true fact. What's less known is that the reason he started cycling was so that he could improve his tone and tan for his legs as he has not actually got a career as an international leg model. Didn't know that, did you?
1: I did not know that. No. That is a good fact. Well done, Elves. Um, Andrew Bartram.
0: By contrast, Andrew once got banned from the town of Coventry for causing, and um, this is, I'm quoting here, undue upset, woe and nausea to the fair citizens of this town uh, when he decided to wear shorts after a particularly ham-fisted session of uh, shaving and fake tanning his legs.
1: (laughs) This is what you do in the garden, Graham. (laughs) you were always wearing your shorts, so I can only assume that that is correct. Um, Christian Stroff.
0: Christian, not only does Christian like to experiment with different ways of using beverages to develop his film, he's also had it going, going the other way, um, with trying be- you know, develop it as beverages. His HC-110 hot chocolate was a mixed success, um, but his attempt at Diet D76 was a distinct and painful failure. Do not try this at home, kids.
1: No, Absolutely not. There are some very um, cool beers that have come to market recently, which were for um, processing purposes, developing process in uh, purposes, weren't there?
0: Yeah, they were. I'm not sure I'd use the word cool. I think hipster. <laughs> 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 I <would use. laughs> okay,
1: yeah, sure, sure, fair enough. Um, haven't tried that myself yet. Um, Christa Brandt.
0: Okay, last but most certainly not least, <laughs> Christa Brandt is one of the world's greatest jugglers. But as he can only actually juggle small dogs and few people are prepared to let them toss their precious pooches in the air, his great talent as the Chihuahua Chucker-in-Chief remains of (laughs) limited knowledge. (laughs)
1: Uh, That's adorable.
0: Put it on the business card. Chihuahua (laughs) Chucker-in-Chief.
1: Yeah. Aww. So cute. Um. Well, as long as they all come back down to earth and get lots of treats. Who's a good boy?
0: (laughs) Who's a good boy?
1: Who's a good boy? Okay. Well, thank you very much, as always, to all of our victims. (coughs) Sorry, donors. Um... Uh, for for their lovely donations it is much much appreciated
0: yes you are all wonderful thank you so much and thank you so much as always to everybody who just listens to our nonsense which we also hugely appreciate we've got actually and it reminded me your talk of um, Matthew Joseph and the chaos that he is causing on Instagram which has tangentially spread to Twitter because it's ended up in a, a I'd like to say an argument but an argument infers that (laughs) <laughs> Both sides have a point that they are wishing to make. Whereas what's actually happening is that one side is right, and the other side is an insane person. Um,
1: <laughs> have we accidentally gone viral? <laughs> oh god, no! Fortunate. Over biscuits, right?
0: Oh, but, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> but yes, um, but we won't get into that, except to say that uh, Sandy the irony at of Give Me the a Biscuit. Is a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you did remind me that our good friend Eric, who has been out in the wilds of America traveling and taking pictures, has sent in an audio diary which I will tag on to the end of this show. Um, he is That's still with us. He has not uh, He's ended still up dead in the ditch, which is nice. It's good. Um, so we it can is. all look forward to that. So that will be after the music on this week's show
1: extra bonus Indeed. thank you so much it's been really lovely to chat with you and look at that we have five minutes to spare so you can actually go and have a shower and and shave or are you going for a mid-beard still Oh, very today? much
0: mid-beard until it's irritating okay, me then it doesn't get shaved until it's either irritating <laughs> me or sinead then it doesn't get yes. shaved
1: five minutes to spare
0: Oof. it's a short professionals.
1: show professionals it's a short show guys who'd have thought
0: who'd have thought Gone and then rach who do we need to thank
1: we need to thank everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our <laughs> nonsense.
0: And more. And thank specifically. you
1: specifically <laughs> and specifically we would like to thank Schnauzer, um, who is also Duncan at Silverpan Lab, who are awesome, uh, for their fantastic music that we use on this show.
0: I love um, their music. Which is-
1: Yes, uh, which is remortgaging the nest of hers.
0: Well done. <laughs> I didn't think you had it in you. instantly. can I just say, um, apropos of nothing, but apropos of Duncan, mm-hmm. this year, so when Paul was on, Paul announced that he has quit his day job to go full-time at Analog Wonderland. Duncan yep. at Silverpan has gone full-time to I work know, right? at Silverpan. And this week also... Steve Lloyd, our very good friend Steve Yay! Lloyd, has quit his day job to go full time making chroma cameras a business. I think they actually
1: just kicked him out, but well, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's all about the
0: spin, Rach. It's all about the spin. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to say a huge congratulations and best wishes, best Absolutely. wishes to him. Best wishes. Best wishes on this day to Steve and to all those guys. Um, it's a bold step. It speaks really well of where things are, and I wish all of them the very best of luck for the future Uh,
1: absolutely yeah same goes for myself and and I'm sure for Aid as well and for all our listeners too because all of these guys are bringing something lovely and fantastic and useful um, to our community and to our industry and stuff and they've all done it the right way around like have a sensible job do that for a while make sure you can make a living (laughs) and then go and do the the cool thing afterwards (laughs) don't do it like me guys (laughs) 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 Uh. It's awesome. I'm really, really chuffed uh, to see that and see how um, how happy they clearly all are about being able to do that as well, which is fab. Yes.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Rachel, completely interrupted you wrapping up the show. I'll let you finish now. I know.
1: I was doing such a good job. No, no, you've, you've interrupted me now. I don't know what to do. How do we finish it off?
0: Oh, well, you know how we finish this off
1: well thank you very much for listening everybody we'll be back on thursday with a show of some description and (laughs) (laughs) and until then have a lovely week
0: have a lovely week everyone
2: Oh, hey, Uh, this is Eric uh, calling in to the Sunny 16 podcast. I just thought you'd like to know what I've been up to for the past week and a half. Well, um, the basic plan was to follow the Nez Pierce Trail from Joseph Oregon to the Bear Paul Battlefield in Montana. For the most part, I I kept to that plan. Uh, That was about 2,000 miles of dirt roads, historic sites um long abandoned uh, mountain passes that no one really uses a bit of hiking some getting lost and there was yellowstone national park which i wasn't really looking forward to because of the crowds so i was following the nez pierce trail and that's the trail that nez pierce took in an attempt to to leave their homelands they were being forced off of and to escape into canada um in 1877 they they were they refused to abide by a treaty that they never signed, and then were forced by the U.S. government to to abandon and tried to they tried to force them onto a reservation, uh, but they were seen as hostiles for refusing to go on the reservation and were followed by four different uh, U.S. Army commanders. Uh, over about two thousand miles, uh, they eventually surrendered after putting up a good fight, including quite a number of victories. Um, They surrendered in in Barapal, Montana, and were taken to Oklahoma. Uh, Some were allowed to return a few few years later um, to land that was sort of almost adjacent to their, their homelands, which is kind of an insult. So this is a photographic trip. I'm telling this to a photographic podcast, so let's talk about some photography here. My overall plan was to photograph the Nez Pierce Trail, and I, and I did. I was doing it all on 4x5, and uh, I did. I shot 115 sheets over the past week and a half, which is kind of a lot for me. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, as far as the other formats go, I did 13 rolls of 120 and only 6 of 35 millimeters. So I've been really focusing on 4x5 and, and just not blowing through film. Uh, I left on July 7th, and my first days are always just long slogs of drives. I drove about 600 miles. Uh, but even then, I, I, I photographed quite a bit on the first day. I probably did 10 sheets or so. Uh, Over the next few days, I wandered around northeastern Oregon, which is places that no one really ever goes to. The roads were anywhere from pretty bad to, oh my god, I can't believe I'm taking my car on this. One of the roads, I had to actually move rocks out of the way and into other places so that I wouldn't bottom out. Uh, My car is is suited for, for some pretty gnarly conditions, but not not something like that. Well, I guess something like this. I survived it and it made it through. I was really surprised that I did. Um, It was probably the longest worst road that I've ever been on. I mean, there was a lot of stopping and moving and moving rocks and it was pretty crazy. I got no photographs of it though. So I guess I, I guess I don't know know why I didn't. Uh, A lot of this has been driving to very specific locations. Almost everything is driving to very specific locations. And that's nothing to do with photography unless you're going there to photograph it and so you know driving like on day two i drove to a place called doug bar which is about a four-hour drive on a really nasty road for essentially two photos and a four-hour drive back that's crazy i took a few other photos along the way of course but not for the project so for the project i only got two photos and we'll see if they turn out which is another issue here um because this was a, a war campaign, there were several battlefields that I visited. Some were pretty well interpreted and some were just a lot with sign on it that said, hey, this battle happened here. Some actually, actually a few didn't even say that. Uh, I had many of these parks to myself, which makes photography really, really fun. Because you can just sit there and not feel rushed and just, just kind of uh, absorb yourself into the atmosphere of the park. Uh, The White Bird Battlefield was great. There was a three-mile trail that hit the major points of the battle, and and it really gives you an understanding of what happened there by being there and reading about it while you're there and then photographing it and trying to figure out, well, which angles are you going to use and why? Uh, Like uh, if the United States troops were coming from the south and you were trying to tell it from the Native American's point of view, which I was, you would shoot looking south towards that attack. Uh, if they, in this case, the Nez Pierce overran and, and sent the United States troops into a, a route, killing like 33, 34, something like that, and, re- and, and suffering very little casualties of their own, you shoot that to the north in the direction that the United States, our troops, fled. So it's very much a, an immersion thing, though obviously you, I can't know what it was like to be there. You kind of just put yourself in the modern place and hope for the best. Uh, but because of doing all of these historical sites, there's a lot of driving the same roads over and over and over, going down a road and back and down a road, another road and back. And in and some, and some points going to almost the same exact point from two different directions because you, you can't get through. Like today, for example, I had a water crossing that I had to do and I just didn't think my car could do it. I wasn't sure of the mud and so I had to circle around and, and do both ends and see the water crossing from two different places and that's... That's such a huge pain in the ass, but that's kind of what I, I figured would happen. On about the the fifth day, uh, I was trying to get out of I was trying to get out of Idaho, which turns out to be pretty tricky. Um, I was trying to follow the Nez Pierce Trail over Lolo Pass. Normally, it would be a two-lane highway, but I wanted to get a little more close. I wanted to, get, I wanted to do the road they actually did. And that road was another road. It was 100 miles of pretty, incredibly nasty, it was a jeep road. I don't quite have a jeep, so I made it about 10 miles and I had to turn around. And then, because of logging and landslides, all of these other roads were blocked, and, and it took me about 300 miles to go zero, because I went back to the exact same place where I started. It was a crazy day. In the end, I I did get out of Idaho. I got into, I guess it would be Montana, and went down down the Bitterroot Valley, which is also Idaho, so it went back into Idaho. All along the way, taking photos and reading from the uh, book Yellow Wolf, His Own Story, which is transcribed uh, accounts. Uh, given by a warrior named Yellow Wolf, who was about twenty-one at the time of of the, of the war. It was very interesting to to read the words and look at the things that he was looking at when he spoke the words, or was thinking about when he spoke the words. In some cases, I know this is a photography podcast, and I'm, I'm trying to focus more on photography. But I need to tell you about the the wildlife out here is amazing. And in, in the city, we don't have a whole lot of wildlife. Um, some crows, and even a coyote or two. But um, in Montana, I nearly hit a moose. Also in Montana, I I did hit a cow. Um, It was about a year old cow. Uh, I glanced off of him, or I guess he glanced off of me. Um, It's probably caused about $3,000 worth of damage to my car. It's still drivable and I'm still keeping on. The cow was fine, he looked at me and walked away kind of what they do. Um, I don't know how it happened. I've driven through countless cow herds with no problem whatsoever until now, so I have a feeling it was more his fault than mine. The one spot I was not looking forward to at all was Yellowstone National Park. I'd been there before and I just I didn't like it. There were too many people. It was too much congestion. I had a few pictures that I needed to get in there because the Nez Pierce traveled across Yellowstone National Park. So I didn't want to go, but I, I learned that a, a friend from Instagram was going to be there with her family, and they invited me to drop by and hang out for a few days. It'd be a nice break also, she's a photographer, so that would have been it would be neat to meet somebody who who uh, I only know through through Instagram i I don't shoot with people very often. Uh, it's actually, I've, I've never done it, really before. Um, but shooting with this person named Vanya uh, on Instagram, her handle is, um, is Surf Martian. Uh, definitely a good follow. Her, her feed is, is pretty great. Um, I've first dropped in on them and they were in the Grand Teton. So I did a bit through Yellowstone, took a few pictures, and basically family camped in Grand Teton and we moved to Yellowstone for the next two days, so about three days. I was just family camping. I was kind of their Uncle Edward, their uh, uh, Mr. Edwards from Little House on the Prairie. I kind of felt like like that. Um, it was it was interesting to, to just watch a, a family in action because it's something I haven't really experienced since I was a little kid. Uh, we did all the tourist stuff, of course. Uh, we went to Old Faithful and her 12-year-old daughter was absolutely unimpressed with it, which is impressive. She was, however, impressed with the mud bubbles and, you know, why, why not? But, uh, and I'm most of you people listening have definitely shot with other people before. I am an anomaly when it comes to this. But watching someone set up a shot and photograph it in her own way is kind of amazing. Uh, it's someone who I've always, since meeting her on, on following her Instagram, uh, I've always really admired her work. Now she mostly does surfing that's, you know surf Martian but her shooting anything else was really interesting. She shoots in such a different way than I do and it was really really fun to see that. You know what's great is it wasn't just an afternoon so we kind of settled in and got to know each other a little bit better and that's that's great. that's kind of cool I don't uh, I don't do that kind of ever. so it was especially when traveling I've, I don't think I've ever really met up with people and state well I guess I have a little bit but not for a, a long time I usually don't do it and I think it's kind of neat so it might be a regular thing I try to do I'm kind of looking forward to that um, and so that sadly we had to leave Yellowstone which actually I turned out not to hate and I had to get back to the project I had about two more days left to go on the project And I wasn't exactly sure I was going to approach it because it had been raining and many of the roads that I was going to be doing were horrible. And sure enough, I got out there and they were horrible. Uh, Going back into Montana into a place called the Upper Missouri Breaks National Monument. It is beautiful but rugged. I mean, you really have to know what you're doing to to find the places that you're trying to find. And fortunately, I knew. And uh, I spent last night... I spent last night... Um, camped along a forest road with rain coming down and a beautiful sunset and a double rainbow that I blew a lot of film on um, and, and woke up there to a, just a beautiful sunrise. So a wonderful day. And today I did my last battlefield, the Bear Paul Battlefield, which is where the Nez Perce basically surrendered. Um, and it was it was a very it was a very rough uh, very rough emotional time uh, you know you get you do these projects and you get really really involved and really you feel connected to the people you're you're photographing about i guess and so i mean yeah you're there and these people trying to just live their lives are forced 2000 miles and have trying to escape to Canada and not allowed to do that and their children are dying their women are being killed their warriors are being killed and it was a it was a pretty uh a pretty rough time today um and i i have rewarded myself with a rare hotel room so here i am in the hotel room talking to you about photography and so tomorrow starts kind of the rest of my trip now i took more days than I expected to do what I do. I was supposed to do this in a week and it took about 11 days, I guess. And so tomorrow I start, actually, yeah, it took a little bit more than 11, 12 days, which is a lot more than I thought it was going to. So the rest of the trip, well, I'll probably have to cut a little bit short and it'll just be me doing my normal travel stuff. There will be uh, lots of problems and lots of photos and I'll have to uh, see what, what comes out of that. So, hopefully, you'll hear from me again soon in a week or so. Um, keep shooting. Ta ta.